Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Just like you, I'm an independent retail business owner. I love the home decor and gift boutique I co-own with my sister, but I don't want it to consume me or my life. Join me each week as I share lessons learned, helpful tips, and valuable information for your retail business and life. Whether you're buying your products or making your products, whether you're a 25K business or a $2.5 million business, I'm on a mission to help indie retailers work less, profit more, and grow. Let's get started on today's episode. Welcome to episode 152 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast working full-time and shopkeeping, taking the leap to full-time entrepreneur. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Before I get started, I'm excited to share that I will be hosting a very small, intimate workshop day in Lakewood, Ohio in February. New year, new workshop, and what a great time for a new vision, right? So I'm inviting people to join me for a vision boarding and connecting day at the CoLab. It's owned by Maureen, who is a Master Shopkeepers member, and it's in Lakewood, Ohio on Madison, a full-day Savvy Shopkeeper event to help us connect and look ahead into this new year. So for the actual vision board workshop, it's going to be the first half of the day. I'm only going to sell 10 tickets. I am recording this podcast episode. I'm batching these now, so I'm recording them really early. It's December 19th when I'm actually recording it. And I think by the time this podcast episode airs, tickets, all 10 tickets to vision boarding might be sold out. But just in case, I will go ahead and share the page for you to get all the information. But I am going to open up the second half of the day for like a meetup and connect kind of afternoon. So the people who get the full day ticket will get the vision board workshop. We'll have lunch at the CoLab, and then we're going to open it up to a general meetup for anyone who wants to join us in the afternoon. So I will be selling two different types of tickets. I just want you to know that the vision board workshop part might be sold out when you hear this episode. So this is going to be on Monday, February 13th, 2023. I almost said 2022. It's going to run probably around 10 a.m. to 4, 5 p.m., I'll know for sure later on, or maybe on this actual page that I refer you to, the details will be there. But it's at the CoLab, 17008 Madison Avenue in Lakewood. So a rough idea of the agenda, 9.30 a.m. would be check-in. 10 a.m., I'm actually doing a presentation. 11 a.m. to probably one with like a box lunch served so we can just kind of sit at our tables and still kind of continue to work. We'll do the vision board workshop, and then I'm going to open it up to like a sip and chat event from 2 to 4 p.m. If you're interested in more ticket information, you'll visit SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash vision board. SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash vision board, all one word. Okay, let's get started on this episode. This episode is dedicated to all of you out there that have a dream to be your own boss. I should say to all of you out there that are still working and have a dream to be your own full-time boss. In fact, this episode was inspired by Kate and Kristen. They're both Master Shopkeepers members who are currently working full-time and shopkeeping, and they aren't the only two. There are actually quite a few in Master Shopkeepers. 
They asked me a series of questions about how I took the leap from full-time steady paycheck career to full-time entrepreneur, and that's what I'm going to answer in today's podcast episode, hopefully all at the same time, sharing some helpful information that could help you go from full-time employee to maybe full-time entrepreneurship. The first question was, how did you do it all, working your full-time job and opening the store? So, of course, I have to start answering this by giving my sister and business partner credit. If she didn't have the flexibility that she had at the time or the willingness to be there when I couldn't, we wouldn't be where we are with the Salvage Boutique. And aside from that, I honestly don't know how I did it. And I don't mean to disregard this question or be flippant about it. I really, I think I did it by just having not much of a life or very little. My husband didn't come into my life until after we opened the store. So although he has seen most of this shopkeeping journey, he didn't see all of it. I was working crazy, insane hours and trying to open up the store with my sister. And it was, it was crazy. Um, Not a lot of sleep a lot of exhaustion, but I think what propelled me or had me moving forward was I was really excited about it. I will say, though, that once we started to form our little family, it's me, my husband, and Logan, they ultimately lost the most. Um, And I was lucky because my husband did so much. I'll, I'll share more on that in a minute. But doing it all, I did it. But I really don't know how I pulled it all off, if I'm honest, because I was working in a career at that particular time where I was working sometimes 60, 70 hours a week. It was a lot. Number two, um, they asked, what were some lessons learned? I think everything I learned along the way, I'm grateful for. I learned, you know, that I can really hustle And although I don't think hustle mentality fits everywhere all the time, and I don't want, I never push that or force that on anyone, I don't preach it, um, it does sometimes have a helpful place when you're opening a business. I also learned that I have some amazing people in my life, and that is incredibly important. I learned that the urge to become an entrepreneur and a full-time one at that was never going to go away, not no matter how much I suppressed it. And I did. I suppressed it for decades. Uh, I just didn't have the confidence, the confidence or the courage or faith to try it all necessarily like by myself. Clearly, that has changed since then. I definitely have the confidence. I have a lot of courage and I have a lot of faith. But at the time, I was in a very different place. This episode is brought to you by my free resource, 100 plus social media ideas and prompts for retail store owners. It's easy to get into a rut with social media marketing and not know what to post about. Get this 21 page downloadable resource filled with a list of long ideas so you can be inspired to post and market your brick and mortar store. Visit SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash 100 ideas. That's the number 100 and the word ideas all together. SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash 100 ideas and sign up for my newsletter to get the list. Number three, what would you do differently? 
Oh, goodness. This is a really good question. I do feel in many ways that the path that I took was just the path I was supposed to take. I know that sounds so lame, but I mean it. However, if I had to do anything differently at all, it would have been to work on my mindset a long time ago. While in my career, I wish I would have been given the tools through coaching that I've been given over the past three years. I listened at the time when I was still working a full-time career, I listened to a variety of podcasts on mindset. I listened to one in particular about intuition, but I didn't know what to do with that information for some reason. Like I, I would just drag my feet in that area. I remember thinking I wasn't ready to fully commit to what they were teaching on these podcasts. And I remember a lot of resistance, like my brain was saying, I understand what they're saying, but no. And I think it was just fear kicking in. So I stopped listening to some of these podcasts. And since then, I've revisited them and I listen to them regularly now. So it was just my brain wanted to embrace it, but then it wanted to resist it. And I recently told someone that if I had shifted my thoughts Meaning, if I had broken myself free from a lot of program thinking, who knows how far I would be on this journey at this point. But I don't like to live in what ifs. Instead, I accept the way it all played out and just hope that sometimes when I share these stories about mindset, because I do talk about it a lot, I can only hope that it helps other people listening. I really want my experiences to help so many of you. So other people who feel stuck and want to get out from this vicious cycle of their thinking, you know, the fear holding them back that they can't do this for whatever reason, financial uh, confidence and courage, that hopefully you'll see that, you know, it's just something that we have to work on and we can get past it. So I hope that answered the question. I have to go back to it. It says, what would you do differently? Yes, for sure. I would go back and hire a coach and work on my mindset immediately. I would have done it 20 years ago had I known what I know now. Number four, how did you manage both? You know, like I mentioned earlier, I I did it because I had so much help. I mean, not just my sister with the business, but my now husband, who helped tremendously once we did start dating and we started to form our little family. And he did everything, dishes and the laundry and the grocery shopping and all of that because I was just so busy. You know, other people like my brother-in-law, my nephew, who did so much labor and help for us to get the store open. And when I think about like, how did I, that's the only way I could have managed it all is because I just had so much help. I had other friends and other families who would help me and other family members who would help me in other ways. So I, I think that's the first thing is I can't dismiss the number of people in my life or even my partner at work who would, you know, take a case and, and and work on it because I needed to leave and get something done or finish a report or something like that. I mean, it's just such a big, massive effort around me being able to do both. In my former career, like not only did my work shifts change, I would work day shift and then I would work afternoon shift and then I would get called up in the middle of the night, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m., 
I would spend full days at work and then doing additional work. It, it was, you know, sometimes 14, 18 hour days. It was grueling. I do sometimes look back and think, how the heck did I do that? <laughs> and then I think it was just lots and lots of coffee, a ton of black coffee. Number five, did you have your bonus son at the time? If so, how did you manage family life with both things? Um, so yeah, I did around two years into shopkeeping. I think it was around two years after we opened. Logan came into my life and he's hands down one of my biggest blessings. And when I realized that, that he was one of my biggest blessings, and when I realized that if I chose to work another six years to full retirement in my career, that I would miss so much of his life, I knew something had to change. Logan was a huge part of my decision process. And now that I look back after five more years, so when I made that decision, I have to think about this, when I made the decision to leave my full-time career, he was seven, and now he's 12. So now that I look back on the five years that I've left my full-time career, I'm so grateful. I realize I would have missed spending quality time with him in the car, driving him back and forth to the gym and basketball practice and football or games. I would have missed tucking him into bed over and over again. I would have missed some incredibly like sweet and deep conversations and funny conversations with him in the car because that's the time that we're alone and he tends to trust me the most. I would have missed countless sporting events, vacations, and special moments. I just, I would have missed so much. I adore him and I absolutely love when my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law tell me how much he adores me. I just melt. All this to say, I didn't manage things well. So yeah, he came into my life at an, at an early age and at an early time of my shopkeeping journey, but I didn't manage things well. I was awful at planning. I was even worse at time management. And because of my work priorities, everything was out of whack. My husband picked up so much of my slack. Again, I mentioned all the things that he did. And he just spent so much more time with Logan. And yes, it's his biological father and it makes sense, but I wanted that time too. I remember going on a vacation with, with my husband's family. It was the first family vacation we all went on and all I did was sleep. I spent the majority of that vacation in a beautiful home near a lake, and I slept it all away in a room by myself, pretty much. I was so incredibly exhausted and tired of dealing with people. I was really, when I look back on it, I was a shell of who I am now. And they must have thought I was the worst <laughs> person and the most boring person ever. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh about it, but man, it's just so different. I look back on it. And, and really, when I look back on that, that was seven, eight years ago. Um, it wasn't that long ago, but such a different life that I live now. So if I go back to the question again, because I feel like I'm going off on these tangents, how did you manage family life with both things? I didn't do a great job, is the truth. It's much different now. This episode is brought to you by Master Shopkeepers, my mastermind group for brick and mortar retail store owners. 
If you're craving support, connection, inspiration, and motivation for your retail business, apply to join us. It doesn't matter what stage of shopkeeping you're in. What matters is your drive to work less, profit more, and grow, both personally and professionally. Learn more at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash group membership. That's SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash group membership, all one word. Number six, when did you finally realize you could quit and what did it take financially for you to get there? Okay, so these two questions go hand in hand, so I paired them together. Um, I realize now that I spent years actually working towards this. No one really knew, and I don't know if I knew exactly that that's what I was doing, but I knew that if I wanted to fully spread my wings and be my own full-time boss, and that feeling really started to rev up and kick in after I opened the store with Karen because I got a taste of being an entrepreneur. Um, I knew that if if I really wanted to take the leap, that I had to rely on myself. Uh, I wasn't married at the time. I had no cushion per se. I don't come from a wealthy family. I don't have, I wouldn't have anyone to rescue me financially in particular, So I decided to start paying off debt, and I started building a nest egg. So by the time I left my career, I had no credit card debt. I had no loans. I didn't even have a car payment because I paid that in full, too. And I had built up a savings account that I knew that I could lean on probably for 12 to 18 months. It wasn't easy, and it was years in the making. All I want to note while bootstrapping two businesses that, yes, they were both small businesses, but they were both profitable and paid me in some way since day one. So bootstrapping, for those of you that don't know, means I paid using my own cash. I had no no investors, no loans, no debt to build the business. I was just using my own money. So I did that and was you know, really focused on building profitable businesses. And I think it's because I knew I needed them to be profitable. If I was going to leave this full-time career with a steady paycheck and really good benefits, I needed my businesses to be profitable. So I think that was a big driving force for me. And while I was doing all of this, even though (laughs) managing family and life wasn't so great, at least on my part, My little family unit was getting stronger, and my husband um, eventually was preparing to make a a change in his own career. And after years of me wavering, am I going to leave? Am I going to stay? I can't leave. I can't possibly do that. I can't afford that. And at the time, we were still dating. So again, I was, you know, still had to be prepared to financially support myself. But I drove him crazy with indecision, and he finally gave me some much-needed tough love. He, He does that for me at the best times. I often need it. And at that time, I really needed it. So when I pair this with the love, encouragement, and support of my mamita, that's my mom, my sister, other family members, some really good friends, obviously my now husband, I finally took the leap. So I think that answers the question of when did you finally realize you could quit? 
Well, I think it was a combination of the tough love and building up to the point of having no debt and having a nice cushion where I felt comfortable that I could do it. And building two businesses that were both profitable from day one, even if it was just a little bit of profit and some pay. One last thing that's important to note, understanding your business and numbers are really important here if this is something that you're considering. What is your business generating in revenue and in profit? What will or could your business generate in revenue when you go all in? Because I understand that sometimes when we're doing this on a part-time basis, we think, oh man, if only I had the time to do this or only I had the time to do that. And it's just like hiring. You hire help and your business grows. The same with you. If you're in in a limited number of hours or a limited number of time, yes, you can still get your business to grow. But when you can focus a little bit more on that, it does help. So what could your business generate in revenue when you do go all in in order to support your pain needs? So there's a group member, Christy and Master Shopkeepers, who that we had a conversation going on in the group because I told Kate and Kristen that they inspired this podcast episode. And she commented and she said, there's a really good book by John Acuff, I think it is, A-C-U-F-F, called Quitter. It has a lot of good key points and metrics. I believe they use 60% as the amount of current day job income your dream job should be making before jumping into it full time. They also talk about having a fully funded emergency first. So when I answered the question, I didn't give you a metric. I didn't say 60%. I don't think I was at 60% if I'm completely honest, but I knew I had really lowered all of my expenses to bare minimum and that I felt like I would be okay. I also had at least enough confidence in myself that I knew I could increase revenue in both businesses to pay myself what I needed to pay myself at the time. So anyhow, one of my most popular free resources, and this is also in the Academy for Master Shopkeepers members, is my sales to salary calculator. We'll link it in the show notes if you want to get access to this calculator. If you want to replace your income from work, or if you have a bare minimum kind of break-even type goal... This is what I planned personally, having that break-even kind of goal. When I first left, I want you to understand what your business needs to generate in order to be able to pay yourself that particular number. And that's what that calculator does. So I just want to mention it again. It's called the Sales to Salary Calculator. We'll have it linked in the show notes. If you want to use it, the calculator will tell you how much your business needs to generate in order for you to hit a certain income level. It's super helpful, and I will say it's really enlightening. Sometimes it terrifies people, and sometimes it gives people an aha moment. For me, I just want you to have the truth. I want you to know, for instance, if you want your business to pay you I don't know, fifty to $75,000 a year, that you may have to generate anywhere from $500,000 to $750,000 in revenue a year. It is eye-opening, but that's okay. We need to know the truth. So it's time for me to wrap this up. Personally, for me, between mindset and financial fear, it took decades to build my courage 
and three to five years to build a financial runway. I now know that it does not need to take anyone that long. Goodness, it just doesn't. It just how long it took me. I jumped and took the leap on faith, faith in my brain that I could do it, that I would be okay, and that I had some incredible people around me who were cheering me on and supporting me and helping me. Luckily, improving my mindset even more came later on, but I do pat myself on the back often for doing the work, for doing all of those things that I did. I don't live in regret. I don't, you know, I often don't think like, what if? Every once in a while, I might think that, um, but more for fun, not for criticizing myself or beating myself up. So anyhow, all that to say, if you are feeling the pull to do this, this entrepreneurial thing on a full-time basis, I get it. I really, really get it. When people ask, how can they do it too? I guess this will be different for everyone. For me, the financial runway had to take front and center because my mind and thinking just weren't there yet. But it was the cushion, that financial cushion was what I needed to get me or to give me the forward momentum. I hope that makes sense. If you want to see the show notes to this episode or find links to anything I mentioned, you can visit my blog at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 152. SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 152. Until the next episode, be savvy and boss up.